Hello and welcome to The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. We're recording this episode on the evening of Saturday, January 15th, and we're recording this episode, uh, what we're calling an emergency episode, because AMTA just made a significant announcement. Uh, We found out earlier today that AMTA made the announcement that all 2022 regional tournaments are going to be online. I'm reading here from the statement that AMTA released on their website today. It says, although AMTA was hopeful that it could hold regional tournaments in person, it has become clear that the challenges faced by the COVID-19 pandemic will make doing so impossible. We very much hope to see our community in person, but we have made this decision in light of what we believe is best for all of our competitors, hosts, volunteers, and everyone who loves college mock trial. Uh, AMTA did announce in that same uh, release that they have voted to keep the what we'll call the in-person time limits, the standard 14 and 25 minute time limits, uh, and they're going to release more detail very soon. You know, Drew, obviously you and I have been talking about this since it was released. I know I've talked about this with, you know, probably, you know, dozens of people in the community, my own team and other teams since it was released. I have a lot of thoughts that, that we'll get to, but I think that the the first one and the one that is most pressing is just sort of a sense of sadness. Um, I think back to the interview we did not too long ago with Dan Cohen, where he talked about just how hard it would be to have to move back online. And to be clear, the statement says that AMTA is hoping to do in-person orcs and national championship. That will be decided in, in later weeks and months. But for now, we're back exactly where we hoped we wouldn't be with regionals being online. And for seniors especially, but really for the whole community, uh, it it just kind of sucks. And, and I'm definitely feeling that today. What was your reaction when, when you first saw the news? I think very similarly. I think that it's really tough for me because obviously I'm not actually competing. I'm not facing those direct, uh, you know, the downsides in the same way as everyone else. But I feel for you guys. I mean, I, I totally, I know how important this activity is to everyone. It's important to me. I, the sliver of good for me is that this means I get to participate in regionals as a judge now because I can do them virtually and that's great for me. <laughs> but um, I agree with the sadness. It's it's really upsetting. I mean, I think that everyone's been so excited to get back to in-person mock trial and to find out that we're going to have to go virtual is definitely not news that anyone wanted to hear. Um, that being said, I think that, you know, way back when we were first kind of talking about how the season would look, one of the things we said was that we kind of don't know because this pandemic has been anything but predictable. Yeah. Uh, there's just changes and we have to be willing to adapt to that. And I'll commend AMTA for for being adaptable and for acknowledging, hey, like we need to be able to adapt on the fly. And we're in a very different world than we were two or three months ago. And the world that we're in right now is probably not one where we should be doing in-person competition. Um that doesn't feel good to say. It doesn't feel good to have to live that, but it's the reality. And I, I stand by, and we'll discuss this in a bit. I think there were a lot of things about it that could have been done differently, but I think that Ben and I will definitely agree that it's, at the end of the day, this was a decision that we kind of knew was coming in some way, either there were going to be changes to the protocols or way more online competitions or, you know, this version of fully online. Um, I kind of, I'll say right now, I wish that there had been some steps beforehand um, 
of possible other options before we jumped to all virtual. But I think that I think you'd be crazy to think that nothing was in the pipeline based on current events. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about that for a minute, because, it, you know, when I first got this news and, and we may as well just sort of acknowledge, I think Amt is aware of this, the news essentially leaked like mm-hmm. 24 hours beforehand because somebody judging found, <laughs> yeah, somebody found that the judging uh, link from last year had been updated. Uh, so maybe the, the you know, IP security procedures on Amt's end <laughs> can get bumped up a, a notch or two. Uh, but, you know, when I saw that and, of course, by seeing that it was clear that this announcement was probably imminent. My first reaction, I was really upset. Um, I was mad at Amta. I was like, this is such an overreaction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've spent the last 24 hours kind of trying to reflect on that as you and I got ready to record this episode. And I've come to the conclusion that I, I think that most of that reaction is me being frustrated at the world, right? Mm-hmm. Being frustrated mm-hmm. because we got to do in-person mock trial. It was great. Uh, it was exactly what I remembered it to be, even with masks and social distancing and everything. It was still awesome. And then to have it kind of taken away, we were supposed to, uh, like this weekend, we were supposed to be in California for U Classic. And of course, we we had to call that off uh, a couple weeks ago and all that stuff. But, you know, the state of the world is not AMTA's fault. Uh, It's not AMTA's fault that, you know, we have some semblance of the population who's irresponsible. It's not AMTA's fault that this new variant entered uh, the world and and, and it's out there. And so while I I do have some thoughts on some ways that maybe this could have been handled a little better, um, this will shock everyone, but I have some thoughts on transparency, uh, not to, you know, (laughs) broken clock right twice a day, something like that. But, uh, you know, I think generally... It's really important that we recognize, like you said just a moment ago, that I, I think AMTA is doing the best that they can. Uh, right. The TAC folks, Brandon Harper, everyone involved in these decisions, like we shouldn't, we, we should hold them accountable uh, objectively, but we shouldn't take out our frustrations about how much the pandemic sucks and how exhausted we all mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. on these people who are just trying to do the best they can. Yeah, I mean, the important thing to remember is that I, you know, I'm not even on the board, so I'm definitely not speaking for them. But I think I can pretty confidently say that none of them would prefer virtual mock trial to in-person mock trial. They've been doing this activity for a long time, much longer than for sure any current competitor. And they they get that in-person mock trial is what they fell in love with and what they would like to do. Um, And I don't think that there's this like, oh, like this is great. We get to go back to virtual. Like, no, they this was not a decision that was made hastily. Um, but I think to the point that you were just getting at, Ben, I just wish that there had been more done along the way to clue people in that this is going on. Uh, I think that, you know, the tough thing about it is that this is happening on January 14th, roughly, you know, maybe three weeks, two and a half before, yeah, three weeks before the first regionals. And if you were, if you were going to be traveling to your regional, which I would say probably 80 to 90% of teams do in some form or another, you probably had already booked hotels. You probably had, if you had to fly, you may have booked flights. And I mean, that's, that's frustrating that you've spent a lot of time, energy, thought into where you were going to travel. And now that's, that's gone. And I guess that for me, you know, again, I don't think that that is necessarily 100% AMTA's fault, but I think that there is a little bit of of more that they could have done um, 
you know, a month ago of saying, hey, like, where Omicron is, is pretty bad. Like, we're going to make more of the regionals online now, or we're going to up our protocols. Like, again, I, I just think that there was more that could have been done between when we first started noticing, oh, shoot, it's kind of getting bad again. Um, and now that where there was room for improvement in, in, in what we're doing. And I'll just say that on the protocols, I find it perplexing that there was never a straight mandate of just you have to be vaccine, you have to get the vaccine, uh, you have to get the booster if it's been more than, you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight, whatever the science says, months since you got the, the vaccine itself. Um, I get that that's somehow political, but like, come on, I just, I, I don't know, for me, I'm like, that just should happen. And it should just be an amped wide policy. And I think that, to be totally honest with you, inconveniencing those who have chosen not to get vaccinated and or are choosing not to get a booster when they should. Um, I think that they should be inconvenienced. And I think that they should realize that they are doing something wrong, and they are doing something dangerous. And I think that it's important for us to, to call that out. Um, you know, I think that we're probably going to talk about this in a second too, Ben, but, uh, you know, I, I get that there are people that have, uh, you know, medical reasons for, for not being able to. And, and of course, I think that's why having the online option is so important. Um, but I just, I think that mandating this would have been a good step to take. Ben, what do you think though? Yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. I'll say to, you know, to your point about Amt, I'll sort of respond to each of those, but I pretty much agree with everything you said. I think this goes back to my yearly rant after the board meeting episode that we do every year <laughs> where I say, you know, like these conversations that happen are like good and important and it just feels like we should be having them out in the open. I understand that some conversations need to happen privately. I'm not suggesting that every phone call that TAC has should be live streamed or something like that. I'd be fine with that, but I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> you um, listen to all of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, I think it would just be me and I right. don't know, like one or two other people. But um, I think, you know, I have no doubt. I, I just, I, as you were talking, I pulled up the the committees list and, and I know a portion of the people who are on these committees and, and I know every single one of them is doing their absolute best to serve the community as effectively as possible. And so I think you made a great point that when, when cases were really starting to spike, you know, maybe like right after the holidays, you know, coming into the new year and, and maybe, I don't know. I mean, I know Brandon's really busy. All of the, ever all of these folks have day jobs, but maybe they say, Hey, we're, we're going to do a Facebook live tomorrow mm -hmm. night. And we can't tell you exactly what we're going to do, but we'll give you a sense of what we're thinking right. uh, and, and let you ask some questions and we'll answer them as best we can. Uh, it just kind of feels like those types of conversations don't happen because in the past they haven't happened. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, now they, they should. But to your second point, I, I pretty much agree about the protocols. I, I chatted with someone about this recently uh, who's on the board and I said, hey, you know, I I get it like we're doing our best to make sure that everybody can participate in this activity but you know to me the, the protocols that were announced were were basically it was a it was a vaccine or test anyways you know it was right. like the, the protocols I, I i have them here and, and it says all participants must show proof of full vaccination or proof of a negative test so 
if you're already there, right, then just say proof of vaccination or you know some sort of medical exemption or I guess religious exemption if you you know if you're gonna go down that road or uh you know that but like it, it's right. like if you're already putting the infrastructure in place to do that you know it feels to me like that's possible and then and then to one other thing that you mentioned you know i was a little bit surprised that we didn't see AMTA try to do what you were saying and like kind of mm-hmm. follow the process they set up of like using the online regionals where i wonder what right, would have happened right. if a week ago so last weekend they had said okay everyone you have a 72 hour window starting now if you want to opt into an online regional yep. and then we'll yep. reshuffle Look, logist- they may have discussed it and decided it wasn't logistically possible, but if they did discuss that and decide it wasn't possible, we should know that. And we should right, know the reason right. behind that just so that everybody understands how the decision was made. And, and look, to that point especially, like, look, Adam Detsky and his team spend more time than I care to think about figuring out regionals. It's not something that happens quickly and they really do pour a lot of time and effort into those assignments. So I don't blame them for saying, look, we're not reshuffling entirely, but I definitely think that at the very least it should have been said, if you want to opt into an online regional, you know, we're going to, we will, we will allow you to do that. And if they have to make a couple of adjustments here and there, like fine, so be it, they'll do that. But I, I guess that to me, it just feels a little odd that that wasn't ever given as an option, um, at least in some capacity, maybe not fully reshuffling, but like you know, making whatever hot fixes they need to. But at least also that pulls the community. And it, the other thing it does is that it shows leaders of organizations, of teams, hey, you know, clearly AMTA is thinking about making more of these online. That's in the pipeline, you know then it makes this a little less jarring because I think that that reaction that you had, Ben, is probably the same reaction that I'd say most people had of like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm angry. I'm mad. What's going on? But if you do little steps along the way, then people are like, yeah, you know, all right. They said they were going to make a few more regionals online. Okay, well, now we got to do all of them. All right. You know, like I, it, it makes it a little bit easier to swallow for a lot of people. And I think that that to me is is what is missing. And it really does go back to your point about transparency, because it may have felt gradual to members of the board. It may have felt like hmm. we're having these conversations, you know, we are working towards it. But because no one else knows, it feels very sudden for us when, especially when it's getting leaked, we're like, what the heck? They've made decisions and they haven't told us, like, what is going on? So I guess that that's my overall point is just more should have been done in steps and done piecemeal like that. Uh, And that would have, I think, appeased a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that I I agree with pretty much all of that. And I want to be clear that, you know, I'm guessing behind the scenes that there were a ton of challenges going on. For example, Mm -hmm. we host, right? And we're hosting fourth weekend this year. We co-host with Stevenson. Mm -hmm. We co-host a regional. And, you know, we we had uh, the campus booked at Stevenson like like everything. But, you know, they were getting a little nervous about Mm -hmm. us using that. So I'm sure there were challenges with first weekend hosts that probably would have made it difficult to, you know, to do the system that you and I are talking about that, like, Mm -hmm. probably part of the issue was some hosts were saying, you know, hey, I'm not really sure that we can do this. And, and, you know, there were probably a ton of challenges that were happening behind the scenes. And I have no doubt that everyone was doing their best to solve them as quickly as possible. Uh, It's just, 
you know, given how difficult things have been and given that Mm -hmm. a decent portion, not all of the fall season, but a decent portion of the fall season was in person and a lot of the top tournaments were in person, it is definitely one of those things that, you know, this is a big decision and I'd like to see just some reflection as we move forward on how to improve communication Mm -hmm. about this in the future with the caveat that, and I guess this is kind of my last thought on it and we should discuss a few other little things. Um, I, I will say this. It is really important as a community that we don't leave anyone behind. And I have read a lot of, articles and literature throughout the especially the last couple months as as you're starting to see this rhetoric about um you know well we just got to live with it and everyone's going to get it and and there may be some element of truth to that but for people who are immunocompromised or have chronic illnesses mm-hmm. or other types of disabilities um that that's not how life is for for them and and I think it is really really important like those people are members of our community and they often live silently in our community mm-hmm. And so, look, does that mean that everything has to be online all the time for the near future? I don't think so. But it means that we have to include uh, those members of our community in our thoughts and our conversations and our discussions. And so if moving regionals online helps keep everyone safe, then it's the right decision. Uh, And I'm not questioning the decision. I just hope that it continues to produce the types of conversations to make sure that we're having transparency and we're including the whole community uh, in how we make these decisions. I I totally agree with that, Ben. And I think that on this note of, you know, sort of the, the acknowledging the positives of this um, in terms of being more inclusive. I also think that AMTA's decision to keep the in-person time limits is a really good one yeah i think if they had moved to virtual time limits they may have had a riot on their hands i'm just imagining in my head being told oh this cross or this closing or opening or whatever that you've been working on all year all season that you've been expecting you have you know x amount of minutes for now you have two minutes less i would yeah, not be a happy camper. So I think that that was a really good decision to keep. And especially with their ideal keeping orcs and nationals in person, it feels weird to like change the time limits between regionals and orcs. Like I just, I don't know, for me, I I think that that doesn't make sense. I think you really should try to keep it uh, to be as, as similar as possible so that people are being evaluated similarly. People don't have to drastically change the way that they're drafting their cases um i'm just really happy that they made that decision like i said i think if they did anything else it would have been a really really awful decision but i will give them credit for not making that awful decision um i think that it is it is worth the gamble of a few judges tuning out a little bit um you know i think that the honest truth is that judges are probably also going to be disgruntled about having to go back online i think a lot of i know myself included as far as it's more fun to judge a trial when it's in person but um, I think that we need to think about our competitors and, and the work they've put in and not completely invalidate it by changing the time limits. Um, but Ben, I'll, I'll throw it to you. What do you think of this? <laughs> yeah, I uh, 
I think the tone of this podcast from my end would be vastly different <laughs> if they had gone with virtual time moments. It would not have been like, hey, let's talk about this. It would have been like, well, I'm editing this podcast. So how many times <laughs> if I swear, well, I have to take the extra work to edit it <laughs> out if I, you know, um, it, it's the right decision. It's 100% the right decision. Yeah. I, I understand that these trials are long and that you know, making them longer online is, is not ideal, but AMTA can say whatever they want and, and the, the committees can take whatever position they want about how this case was written. This is an in-person case. This case is 228 pages. Do yeah. not tell me that this case was written and designed to be done in the virtual time limits. Is it possible? Of course it's possible. If you use like 5% of the materials in the case, this right. case is designed to be presented with the in-person time limits. It is presented at its most effective with the in-person time limits, and it is the correct decision uh, to use the in-person time limits, especially since teams who've been competing, I, I think, I, I haven't, we haven't been to a virtual competition in several months. I think a lot of them have been using the in-person time limits. They have. I know Black Squirrel did. Okay, yeah, and I think some of the other ones have too. But even the ones out there who may have used the virtual time limits, okay, you have more time now. Like, it's not right. that big of an adjustment. That's an easier transition than you have less time. <laughs> right, no, exactly. Like, okay, put an extra joke into that direct. Like, you got the time for it now. Just hope the other side doesn't object. But, like, right. it, it, it's the correct decision, it, especially given how, you know, it's already a pretty big shock to the system to have to convert back. You know, we, we haven't been... We did one online tournament per unstacked team at the beginning of the season, and then we haven't been online since. Of course, now we're scrambling to find online tournaments, um, but that's okay. Fine. We've, you know, we've done online mock trial before, but mm. to have to then scale back everything, uh, especially after, we don't need to get into this, but, but the most substantive and significant mid-year case changes that I can yeah. remember in quite some time, For sure. you know, to make that change would be significant. So, I'll, I'll say this as we kind of move forward and move towards the end of, of this episode. Uh, you know, this sucks and there's not a great way to spin it, but the, I think the best way to spin it is this. If, if this means that everybody in the AMTA community stays healthy and less people get COVID and nobody gets sick or gets, you know, severely ill or, or God forbid dies from this virus because we don't all gather in person in February, then of course it's worth it. As much as it's awful right, right. and as much as we all hate it, it, it's worth it for that reason. I hope moving forward, number one, I really hope that orcs and nationals could be in person. We're mm -hmm. planning for that. It's a smaller scale. And so hopefully that's more manageable. Um, I do hope that AMTA revisits their COVID protocols for orcs and nationals. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the small things that I'm going to mention to them, but I'll mention here, is KN95 or higher masks. There's absolutely no reason that that shouldn't be required. Um, they're not that hard to find. AMTA has plenty of money. They can afford to provide every team with a set of them. Not that that's necessary. Teams can get their own. But uh, requiring higher-end masks, at this point, it's been shown that that's a huge deterrent. We all forget about the importance of masks because we've been doing it for so long, but mm -hmm. surgical grade masks play a huge role in stopping the spread, even of, right. of Omicron. Um, and then just as we talked about before, I hope that Amter revisits the subject of maybe going to a true vaccine mandate and booster mandate. Like I'm all for it. I, like, uh, and that's wrapped up into it for me. Like when I say right, vaccine, right. I, that's what I mean. Cause no, I, I like, I just think of them together. So, but all those things aside, I think that hopefully 
this allows regionals to go forward smoothly. We'll get it over with. It'll be what it'll be. We'll get our orcs bids and then, you know, knock on wood. If, you know, things are peaking and starting to go down by the time we get to March, mm -hmm. which is a long time from now, hopefully conditions allow us to finish the season in person. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say that I think for a lot of people that might be having a little bit of a like scare of, oh, my God, the whole season's going back to virtual. I actually think this, you know, this step is not does not scream to me, OK, Orcs and Nationals are doomed, too. I really think that, you know, obviously I am far from a COVID expert, but everything that I've read and, and heard about is that this is going through our community so quickly. And by community, I mean kind of the whole world population, um, but going through, you know, everyone so quickly that it very well may be that in a month or two, we really see cases going back down pretty steadily just because we're getting closer and closer to herd immunity between everyone that's vaccinated um, and people just getting Omicron and getting the antibodies from it. So I, I am cautiously optimistic that orcs and nationals can happen. I cannot agree more with what you said, Ben. There's really no reason not to kind of improve these, these uh, expectations and requirements for teams. And I would hope that a lot of teams would say, you know what? It is, it is worth us going out and getting better masks. It is worth us requiring this to our students um, if we want to compete in person because, like, we get it. We get that that's the, not really price, but the, the responsibility if you're going to do this more dangerous thing is that you have to be more careful. So I, I really hope that people, that people don't push back against something like that. If Hampton decides to do it, I really hope that they do. And... Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that we can have in-person orcs and nationals still. And I will just close by saying that while, of course, we would have rather this been in person, at least we are doing it. I am so thankful that we are still going to have a mock trial season. I mean, it, it, we forget that in 2020, when this happened, it was like, okay, we're done. Because we did not have this infrastructure and... A theme that I've been taking from a lot of like the last year or two is trying to take lessons from COVID and and implement them when we get back to quote unquote normal society when we're not in a pandemic. Um, but I mean, this is a great example when something happens where it all of a sudden prevents us from being in person. We now have the infrastructure to do online mock trial. And yeah, it's not as good, but at least it's something. It's not just shutting everything down and we can't do it anymore. Because um, I think that everyone would agree that that is definitely better than just, oh, okay, no more mock trial. Uh, that sucked. I mean, that was the worst. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And like I said, I, I hope that everyone can take a second to try to reflect on on like the the positive side of what we can take away from all of this. Again, I'm not saying COVID was a good thing. But I just hope that we can all try to find, you know, a grain of, you know, maybe we're getting to see and, and support students that wouldn't normally get to. Going back to the conversation that we had with South Carolina Aiken, I just I I will never forget that that interview as opening my eyes to a side of mock trial that I just never heard about, experienced myself or anything. And I'm glad that if nothing else we have learned about that, and hopefully we continue to have an an online tournament where we can support those types of students. So again, to close this, I, I, I will again reiterate that I hope AMTA improves uh, the 
their requirements for orcs and nationals. I hope we have in-person orcs and nationals, and I wish everyone the best of luck at their regionals. Even though it's online, it is still mock trial, and let's all be grateful for that. Yeah, I think that's a good sentiment to end this on. We're all, we all want the same thing. You know, we, we all want to participate in this activity and hopefully that is able to continue. Obviously we'll be online for regionals. Hopefully we'll all be able to gather for orcs and uh, for the national championship in just a couple of months. Uh, I hope everyone is staying safe out there. We have a couple of regular episodes that we're going to be recording very soon. So we're going to be releasing a couple episodes over the next few weeks, but we really wanted to jump on the mics as quickly as possible and break down the sort of the breaking news that was happening in the community. Thank you as always for listening. It's a pleasure to be with you and we will be back in your feeds very soon. Stay safe, be well, get vaccinated, and we will talk to everyone soon. Until then, this has been The Mock Review with Ben and Drew.